Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Welcome to today's episode of Wisdom Talk Radio. My guest today likes to ask, what if we could all stop adulting and live life with the curiosity of a child at play? Well, Nanette Saylor believes we can and we must. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and founder of The Baca Journey. Fast-track technology for your co-creative power. For visionaries, innovators, company founders, and product designers, optimize your ability to create more in less time and enjoy every minute. And that sounds like play, doesn't it? (laughs) Previously an award-winning hotel manager, Nanette Saylor, my guest today, traded in her life-draining career to find the joy she lost climbing the corporate ladder. Drawn to her childhood love of the arts, she found comfort in creative activities and a spiritual lifeline in volunteering. Playing in this new way, her profound transformation began. Inspired to support other women like her, she certified as a creativity coach who supports visionary creators to find the clarity, creativity, and confidence they need to build extraordinary lives and the freedom they desire. Sounds pretty compelling, doesn't it? Nanette is the founder of Wise Well Women and the host of the Create, Play, Live podcast. Welcome, Nanette. I am so delighted to have you here with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I am delighted to be here and uh, thrilled, thrilled to be having this conversation and to be along with you on this part of our journey. Exactly. We've had a couple of wonderful conversations and uh, well, I just knew I wanted to bring you here. Yes, thank you. Expand and extend our time uh, together and being able to, to talk in this way. So you say something that I just, I love personally about um, creative superpowers. Mm. And can you speak a little bit about, you know, what that means, what you mean by that and why do we need them? Yes. Yeah. I, as you read in my intro, I reconnected with my creative sense midlife and at a time when I really wasn't finding myself in anything and this um the the creative activities that I was really simply just dabbling in it wasn't anything extraordinary I wasn't taking master art classes or studying to be a ballerina or a concert flautist I was simply playing with activities that were about creating and as I did that, I started to get energized mm. and this energy started to lift me up and it started to help me see new possibilities. And so that energy combined with this expansion, if you will, mm-hmm. began to feel to me like a superpower. 
you know, that, that this, you know, that if, if I were a superhero, a Marvel comic, I would be expanding, right? And I would be energized and I would have this experience that made it possible for me to do anything. And so what would your superpower be or what is your superpower? Maybe I should say it, that way. Yeah, yeah. And so what I've come to appreciate, and this is an exercise that I do with corporate clients and I do with individuals, and I mm-hmm. love to do it in groups where people get to claim their superpower. Uh-huh. Uh, what I've come to describe as mine is my ability to create something from nothing. So, yeah, so I grew up in a repurposing household and a recycling household. My grandmother created things from coffee cans and all kinds of leftovers. And when I started first reconnecting to my creative energy, I was volunteering at a creative reuse center. And we literally sorted through piles of trash and Ah. made those materials available in sorted containers for creators of all kinds to come in and to use those materials to make new things. How wonderful. Yeah. And so mm. it really started the, the whole notion that I can, you know, if somebody says, Oh, I don't have any scissors and I need to cut this piece of paper. And, you know, if there's something with a straight edge that's relatively sharp somewhere nearby, I can cut the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's almost nothing I can't do with a handful of normal, ordinary household items. And that came from one, the way that I was brought up. And now, the way that I practiced for eight years, I spent almost every Saturday of my life in this repurpose center where we literally helped people figure out, okay, I need to make a palm tree for my high school you know, play. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, you know, I can't go out and buy one. I don't have anything. What might we make a palm tree out of? And we'd look around the room and we'd say, okay, let's see, there's some brown paper over there and some cans over here Mm -hmm. and there's some string and maybe some yarn and some fabric and oh well maybe if we don't even have fabric we might find some pages and magazines that are sort of shiny and green maybe Mm -hmm. we can those you know and so it, it just evolved and that um has really served me in a, in a lot of ways and I think the the last piece of that that's so mm-hmm. powerful is that I started to really understand this energetic connection to the idea that everything has the possibility of a new life. Ah, wait a minute. I want to underline that. Everything yes. has a possibility of a new life. Yeah. Because I was going and, to ask you about, because it's really, you're not creating something out of nothing. Right. It's, you're not being limited by any box right. that you might yeah. object in or an idea in. Right. Exactly. So just because this looks like a cell phone at the moment mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it has to be a cell phone. It, it could be the straight edge. Right. And it could be the paperweight and it could ah. be, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you work with people to uh, get them out of the set of seeing yes. things, you know, in limited ways? Yeah. And, and that's a great, great question because that is really the core of how it is that I support everyone. Mm -hmm. And we can do this individually and we can do it collectively. 
right? So corporate groups can do it and individuals Mm -hmm. can do it. And part of it is simply the practice of allowing ourselves to make mistakes and to for it begins really with noticing with connecting and noticing when we notice that we look at a box and only see it as a box and so then then those simple games you've probably been a part of them in some environment where somebody holds up a paper clip and they make all the groups at the table come up with you know as many ideas as they can of what mm-hmm. you can do with a paper clip it feels silly at the time but it really is a very powerful exercise and if you just like, you know, if you practice crossword puzzles all day long, or you practice free sell all day long, or words with friends or whatever, you would get better and better when you practice exploring what else you can do with the paperclip. Now your list goes from three, the first time you do it to maybe Mm -hmm. 10. And then you get some other feedback and you apply some of those ideas and you say, okay, well, what if I combined their idea and my idea. Now I have this other thing. So now your list's at 20. And so before you know it, read. yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, you start to begin. And then as you're going about your business that week, you're looking around going, oh, I see my paperclip could be one of those. Now, what comes to mind for me right now is I can hang holiday ornaments with paperclip. Ah, I do actually do that all the time. Right. The hook that comes with the ornament, I use yeah. clip. Exactly. And, you know, there are a lot of people who that is not a normal process, mm-hmm. is what I've come to understand that many of us are not raised in an environment where everything had multiple purposes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Many of us are raised in environments where a thing comes in a box. It comes with instructions. We open the box. We read the instructions. We have the thing do what it's designed to do. Yeah. And then when it stops doing that, we get rid of it and we find mm-hmm. something else to do that thing again. Right. And I'm, and I'm thinking about the the um, the box that the refrigerator comes in or the yes. big, the kids who don't play with the toy, but who create the box into a, yes. and a hiding fort. And, you know, who else knows? What right. Yes. And and for me, that's where the magic is. Right. I don't care about the refrigerator. I want to play in the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I want to create the castle. I want to see, you know, what else we might. It, maybe it becomes a dinosaur costume or it becomes, you know, who knows, all kinds of other things. And it might build a bridge or, you know, a, mm. a ramp over something. Yeah. So though, and there are lots of little exercises that we can do in a really short periods of time. I even do them myself where if I'm working on a project, because it, it, it doesn't matter how quote unquote creative you think you've become, there will always be a time where we're back into tunnel vision. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I know so, that so well. I mean, I can be working on a project I love and then it was like... So where did all that creativity go? Where did those ideas go? And you're just, and you find yourself just pushing and pushing and pushing. And so when we can stop for a minute and just take a breath, Mm -hmm. right? The the first creative energizer I remind everybody of is Mm -hmm. breathe. Just exactly, exactly. Just take a pause, take a breath. 
It's got, no. it's got all of the information in it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's, you know, we take, it's, it's almost like our kryptonite, right? Or is that the, no, that was the thing that made him not powerful. No, yes, right? no, yeah, wrong one. <laughs> the reverse of that, right? It's the, it's the superpower. Uh, um, it's the energizer. It's the fuel. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so breathing is one of them. The other that I love is a thing I call a scribble doodle that um, you do with your non-dominant hand. So that means if you're right-handed, you do it with your left hand. If you're left-handed, you do it with your right. And you can just take a blank piece of paper and allow yourself with a pen or pencil, anything that's close by. You can even do it with lipstick if you have to. Eyeliner (laughs) works too. And you just allow that motion to, to move on the page without being directed to, oh, I want it to look like a flower, or I want it to look like a boat, or I want it to be a rainbow. Excuse me. But just simply allowing the motion. And then as you do that, you know, you start, you're, you're actually, the science behind it is you're actually short-circuiting that stuckness that's happened in your, in your brain patterning so mm-hmm. that you, you get this freed up space. And if you want to extend from just doing the scribble, then you can go back with other materials and then start to color in your spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, you know, if you have time and want to do that, but if you only have 60 seconds, three minutes, something like that, and you want to just take a breath, get out the pencil, put it in your non-dominant hand, scribble around for a little bit. It's, it's really miraculous how much that tiny little activity will shift us so we can go back to seeing with new eyes. Yes. And, and just being, re- more than anything, it's just being released from that, that, that stuck channel we mm-hmm. were on. Because yeah. our stuck channels are, are so often about the way we see things, yes. and the way we're thinking about things and what we're needing to do in those moments. And this is part of what uh, what I teach people to do and yes. is to it. Well, the physics of that is that we're part of this unbounded universe. Yes. Full of potential. Yeah. How do we connect with that? How do we get outside of our own, you know, very well programmed, brilliant minds yes. into connecting with all there is? Yes. Yeah. And you're suggesting a very simple way that sounds like, well, that's child's play. Exactly. Exactly. And it is. And it's adult play, too. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, okay, you're, maybe your child needs to come forward in this moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't, I can't really tell you when that light bulb went on for me, where I really came to understand that that little girl inside of me needed to be nurtured mm. and, you know, really needed to have playtime. No, really need, you know, we, we need recess in the day. (laughs) But I want to ask you, you know, because that, that goes to the the need to give permission to ourselves. Yes. Why is it so hard for us to give ourselves that permission? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I I have a little sticker I I give out at a lot of my workshops. It it literally says you've been given permission to play. Mm. And, and because I have one. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. The more I worked with women over the last 12 years, I've been coaching and more and more and more. I realized that by me simply handing somebody a permission slip, mm-hmm. it completely changed their mindset. And I thought, gosh, wow. same question you had. Why is it so hard for us to do this for ourselves? And I think particularly as women, we've been taught, I know I was taught, one, anything worth doing for a result has to be hard. Somewhere I learned that, hmm. that, that, that things had, you know, that we had to work to get where we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And that if you weren't working, whatever work looks like, then you were wasting time. And in a woman's life in particular, there was no time to waste. You had to do, you know, it's the old superwoman thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so that training makes it be such that we are letting somebody in our life down. Oh. If, right? Because it's never about us. We don't put ourselves first ever unless we're trained to begin to do it, right? And so women like you, women like me, we trained ourselves to do that at some point in our lives. We looked around and said, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this equation. And if we're going to be able to support and help others, if we're going to be a part of changing the world, we need to be able to nurture ourselves. And wow, let's try to figure that out. Mm -hmm. what I've what I've recognized is that one of the triggers is that we've been trained that if we're giving attention to us, that means we're letting somebody else down who's been waiting for our attention or needs our attention. It's like how we're on the phone when the kids want our attention. Yes, exactly. Right. And so, and instantly we'll cut our friends short. We'll, you know, and we drop and we go to our quote unquote responsibility. So, and I'm, I'm making obviously some very broad generalizations sure. here, but this was, I think, the world. I think they pan out. <laughs> yeah, I, this is the world I grew up in, which was, I had to be responsible for my family and I had to be responsible for and 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 I and I took it a step further, which is I had to be responsible for the collective on some level, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so now the shoulders get really heavy mm-hmm. and giving myself permission to step out of that role was literally impossible at one point in my life until I started to recognize that when I did allow myself to take a little bit of a break when I did allow myself to. And and so the first was just literally pausing for a moment. Mm -hmm. Learning to breathe was really my, really my first foray into giving myself permission to be in something other than a stressed and heightened responsibility state. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I could dial my, my body down a little bit, dial my energy down a little bit. That was a pause. That was good. Mm -hmm. 
And then once I got comfortable and, you know, it's a, it's a process, right? It takes a while because it takes practice. Yes. And it feels horrible in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that inner critic voice is saying, what are you doing? you got other things to do. Your to-do list is five pages long and somebody's waiting for something you were supposed to send them and they're going to think there's, you know, blah, 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 right? It goes on and on. And so then, then came me being willing to take, you know, a short period of time. Maybe it's one hour where I would go and you know, take a walk by myself or something. And then, yeah, and that was really the next step. And then there was, okay, I'll give myself permission to maybe go take a dance class or, and then got, you know, it's that, that first real self-care, a massage. Wow. That, you know, now you start to really get into the, into the, oh my, how can I give myself permission for that? And then at that, then I started to recognize that there was this place where I was craving stimulation that was going to take me to the next level. And I think that's where this light bulb went on about play. The self-care got me to the place of being able to notice what was happening in my body, notice my connection, notice notice this, as you mentioned, this connection to this greater energy, this universal power, this awareness that there's all so much more out there. Mm-hmm. And the play piece started to allow me to see those little sparks of things that were the next inspiration, that, that next level of, so from the calm, mm-hmm. I, my, myself, my energetic self wanted to go somewhere. And the play started to give me the, the roadblocks, right? The, 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 the building blocks, uh, uh, yeah, not, not roadblocks like blocks, but building blocks mm-hmm. <laughs> and those building blocks then, and then coupled with starting to really understand this energy of if I allow myself to be in communion with simply my curiosity which is clearly attached to play Mm -hmm. for children, right? If you watch small children, they're not limiting where they stick their fingers or what they grab or any of those things, right? Until mom or dad or somebody tells them there's something wrong with it. They just, their eye catches a glint of something and they reach for it. And so allowing myself to be in that space, I could start, to follow the lead of where my curiosity would take me. Yeah. And I'd like to jump on that. Yes. Um, boy, as we, as we allow that curiosity to be alive in everything, yeah. whether, it's, hmm, whether it's a fight with our husband, Yes. <laughs> and instead of being self-righteous or, you know, I'm wrong, he's right, he, uh, he's wrong, I'm right. Or, oh, I'm so hurt. Well, boy, I'm so curious about my response. Yes. That's play in in and of itself. And that's that's a radical curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that, so all those little dots started to connect for me. And then I began to realize that 
nurturing and providing opportunities for people to practice playing was absolutely necessary mm-hmm. because we don't naturally do it as adults. And in, and even worse, and this is my favorite soapbox, is that now we're passing down to our children yes. adult ways of playing. You know, we, we don't buy generic boxes of Legos anymore. We buy Legos that come with mm. a, a design on the package I and then instructions that say, when you're done, it has to look just like this. Yeah, that makes me crazy because I grew up with my little brother having huge set of generic oh. Legos and we got to do all kinds of things. And, and my grandsons with these sets of things, I don't even want to buy them. no. No, and and what I've witnessed is they make the set as it's designed to be made, and then it goes on the shelf. Exactly. And it just stays there. Mm-hmm. And maybe once in a while they get a set or two down and they might run a car between the two, but there's never an opportunity for their hands and their minds to say, well, what if I took the tower off of this one Mm. and I put it on the garage of this one? You know, it's that great childhood exercise. It's one of my favorites of, well, take all the farm animals, cut them all up and move them around and then see what you get and then name the animal and right. Yeah. Yeah. You have an elephant's head and a lion's tail and, you know, giraffe's neck and, you know, all of those things. And then the kids get to name them and and play with them and decide what they want these new things to be. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever saying, no, you can't do that because that doesn't exist in nature. Right. Nobody says that when they're playing that game. Nobody says that. But when somehow when we get to be adults and we start trying to problem solve real life changes and situations, Mm -hmm. every decision we make gets limited to this. Well, it can only be this way because people like me only do this or it can only be this way because in my neighborhood, we Mm -hmm. only do this or in my school or my college or my, you know, whatever. There's there are all these rules. And it comes back to. What is it that I already know? Yes. And that's sad because we might be brilliant, but what I already know is only what I, what already exists. Thank you so much for raising that. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. um, You talk about how making time for these kinds of creative, creative activities that you're talking about can actually open up our inner wisdom. Yes. I'd love for you to speak about that. Yeah. And, and I, I touched on a little bit earlier. It's this idea that when we, when we begin to creatively play, our, our ability to notice gets heightened naturally by the activity. Mm-hmm. You almost can't play with a box of Legos without noticing some are blue, some are red, some are, you know, and the different shapes. And maybe you don't yet have the language to articulate what it is that you're seeing, but you're seeing it. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and so then the next time you go back, your awareness now is going to, in, to, to encourage you to take a next step. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you take that next step, your subconscious is going to use some of that information you gathered the mm-hmm. last time. And maybe now you have a new clue that, that you're going to attach. Mm-hmm. And maybe now you might frame some language around what this is. Mm-hmm. And, and then as you go, that awareness is getting heightened. And so, and for me, that awareness is, is what I like to call my inner wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. It's my intuition. It's also the awareness can also be the voice of my inner critic. And, mm-hmm. and if we're, And particularly if we're being facilitated in the play, then someone who's observing might ask a couple of questions about your experience and say, gee, you know, how did you feel about using this and this? And how did you, you know, what was your experience like when this and this happened? And so now you're being asked to give language to the experience that you've had and connecting the dots a little bit further. And even if it's simply a workbook or someone's, um, uh, someone's writing about the topic of creativity where you could mm-hmm. then, then you start to um, hear your voice. Now, I also happen to be a huge fan of Julia Cameron's work and the artist's way. And she is a big proponent of what she called morning pages. Most people know it as journaling. Mm-hmm. Morning pages for her was the act of getting up every day and simply writing three pages longhand. And this, and for me, journaling was a key part of my creative awareness, my creative superpowers building. And because that for me was the direct connection to my inner wisdom. As I wrote, I started to hear this voice and I, you know, and I could, I could, express to us and some days I mean I could show you pages of my journal you can't read the words mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter right the, the the I was just and I started journaling I, I've told this story many times literally walking on the beach and talking to myself because mm-hmm. I was nervous about writing down my thoughts at that time because I wasn't very happy and things mm-hmm. weren't really very good in my life so I spoke to myself and then eventually I got brave enough to write it down in my journal. Wow. Those those words started to inform what I became acquainted with as my inner wisdom. And then I was fortunate to work with a coach uh, who helped me discern what inner wisdom was versus Mm -hmm. inner critic. And I think that there is... You know, as we learn anything, we learn any language, right? That that it is helpful to have somebody along with you as you're beginning to heighten this mm-hmm. awareness so that you can, because immediately we'll, we'll go to the place that something's wrong with us, right? I'm hearing <laughs> voices, I'm crazy, this isn't, you know, all of those things. And so it's nice to have a resource where somebody can say, no, you're not crazy. That's perfectly normal. You just have turned the switch back on of your own wisdom, your own intuition, that part of you that's connected to the greater that is speaking to you. And it has always been, right? It's all always been speaking to you. 
to me, to you, to all of us, just we learn how to put, you know, that hat on that keeps us from hearing it. Yeah, it's the same box or it's a similar action. Yeah. Um, You know, the box. Yeah, we only see the cell phone as the cell phone. Right. Is the paperweight or the or the straight edge or the doorway to a new dimension. Yeah. 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 And and so that it that's how it all started to be interrelated. And mm-hmm. now I'm at a phase where I'm very connected to the physical body's role yes. in this connection yeah. too. Right. I and recognizing body, because yes. that's our first um, way in. Yeah. And I really, I really recognize and it, and it, it, now I'm doing some work with a nonprofit where we're doing a lot of gardening. And so um, I'm recognizing that the hands in the dirt is very similar to me, hands in the trash. Right. And, and the, the, the using of my hands to do something was very powerful. The old quilting bees, the knitting bees, the, all of those things had had magic powers, really, beyond what many of us are willing to give them credit for. You know, if you ask all those ladies sitting around why they were there, mm-hmm. some of them would probably say, well, I was working on a blanket for my granddaughter. You know, others would maybe be able to articulate that yeah. there was something bigger going on. Well, I'm just thinking about this. I was um, in a class this weekend with uh, my friend Jennifer Huff, and she was talking about, you know, doing different things to unlock or open yeah. up when you're when you're just not when you wake up and you're kind of irritable about something. Yes. <clears throat> and you. <clears throat> and you want to you want to get out of that because you want to go back into that frequency that you know so well of yourself. Yes. And she t- mentioned something as simple as, well, it might be organizing your room yeah. or clearing out a drawer because mm-hmm. it takes you out of the awareness of that and into yeah. a different place. And that's yeah. what we're, part of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, that, that even if you just went and organized your beads, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, something like that. Exactly. And, you know, and one of the things I always like to mention, because it comes up a lot where people say, well, I don't have the supplies. I don't have beads. I don't have yarn. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have, I'm not mm-hmm. right. I'm none of that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, most of us spend some amount of time in the kitchen, mm-hmm. right? And, and that place, those of us who, that is absolutely a creator's space. Oh my goodness, is it for me? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it, it is totally. And even if all you're doing is opening a can of soup, you're still choosing a bowl. You're choosing a utensil. You're deciding what soup to have. You know, and, and all of those things are deliberate creative choices. Yeah. Sometimes I will ask a guest um, who wants a cup of tea mm-hmm. and I'll say, okay, first, of course, true is choosing their tea. That goes without saying, yes. but then it's, well, which mug do you want? Which, how yes. do you, you know, what do you want to drink it in? What do you want to hold? Yes. And we think yes. it's an irrelevant option. No, it's not. It is in our hands. Yes. Yes. And that is in, with some of my clients, we literally start that small mm-hmm. because I know 
I sat in a, in a room at a journaling workshop where somebody asked me what my favorite color was and I could not articulate it. Yeah. Cause it starts with that. What do we want? What I was incapable of giving myself permission to claim anything as something that was important. To yeah, me. exactly. Ah, thank yeah. you. So choo- yeah. Choosing a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Choosing the kind of coffee I want and acknowledging that it's not a luxury, that it's a requirement mm-hmm. for my, you know, for my creative psyche, right? Exactly. You know, and not apologizing. Yeah. yeah, and not apologizing for the fact that I drink coffee, right? <laughs> Good coffee. Right. You know. And I wanted to ask you something in particular. Yeah. Um, and that is, you've, you've talked about women, and I know you yes. primarily with women, but I do want to ask you, because you've done other work in, in yes. settings, and I know you also work with men. Yes. So what do you, what do you see, um, because our audience is men and women, Yes. what do you see with men in terms of that um, willingness and ability to play? I, you know, it, it's interesting that at that um, where I see uh, one of the things I have to, to give attention to when I talk to groups of men mm-hmm. is about, or groups that have men in them mm-hmm. is they are programmed to go to sports as play. Right. Right. And so they'll say, Oh, well, I play all the time. I go to the basketball court. I go to this, I go to that. And, and I have to remind the groups that when I speak of play, I'm speaking of an activity that has no intention or purpose. We are not winning at playing. And we're not winning. Right, exactly. And those two things are probably the traits I see that are most definitively male if Mm -hmm. you know if we're going to choose that Mm -hmm. um not that there aren't plenty of women in my groups who come in with that understanding as well Mm -hmm. but it does tend to come up more frequently with men and so they want to compete in the games you know (laughs) right and they want and they and they want to see who's you know who's on first in the team you know all of those kinds of things and i will say this that that once they they have the same capacity to use their own awareness mm-hmm. and just start to hear so they can start to hear just like i hear the voice that says you're not good enough most of the time mm-hmm. they can hear the voice that says you have to win you have to win you have to win and they can learn to reprogram that voice mm-hmm. the same way i'm learning to reprogram the i'm not good enough voice mm-hmm. right so and to have discernment between yes. voice, which i don't think of really as the inner voice i think of the yeah. the one that loves us Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that there, and I love, I, I did some work um, in workshops with an audience of people who were in groups that were required to be there. They didn't come there by choice. And I would occasionally have middle-aged men in my groups and I would hand them piles of gel pens and coloring books. And they would look at me like I had three heads (laughs) and then about 15 minutes in, it never took very long. They'd be asking for the pictures of roses so they could color them in and send them home to mom. 
you know, like that, right. Or to their daughters or their spouses or, or whatever it was. And it all, and the biggest, burliest, roughest looking guys were the ones who ended up being the most gentle and with this, this under, once they, it's just like the rest of us, given permission mm-hmm. to let go of all of this stuff that we've, you know, the costume we've chosen to put on mm-hmm. and that for whatever reason we've adopted for society in our place, mm-hmm. however it is that we feel we fit or don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once we're willing to let go of that, then this whole other part of our creative energy comes through. And my belief is we all have it. None of us are, quote unquote, not creative. We're alive. Yeah. Think of that, that that, that we're alive and that 75 billion cells change every seven years. So, of course, we're creative. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so and it, it really warms my heart to engage groups like that, where it's a very foreign activity. Some of the men that were in the groups that I facilitated for them to have even sat still for 60 minutes Mm -hmm. in a space of giving something that kind that detailed attention they hadn't done in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's possible for all of us and it's um, you know, it's, it's magic. And that's why I like to, that's, that's to circle us back to that creative superpowers idea, right? It's, It's magic. It really is magic what happens when but it's we, real magic. It's yeah, tangible. Yeah. Yeah. And and all and so there's that big picture of being energized and lifted up, right? Yeah. That that lifted to this place of really appreciating our connection to the greater, whatever mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. right? To the, this universal energy, the thing that makes the stars and the planets and however it is you choose to name it, mm-hmm. right? We are a part of that. And, and it's, for me, it's my creative energy and keeping connected to that that continues to remind me that I'm as important in that big picture as any, you know, fancy thing anybody else wants to claim is important, yep. right? The universe thought you were a good idea just as they thought yes. the next person was a good idea. Right, right. And that's, and, and every time I make something, Mm-hmm. And every time I make something that isn't perfect, I'm reminded that it's okay, mm-hmm. right? And that it's, a, it's, it's, it's the energy of that continual recycling of things that really anchors me and connects me to that power. Yes, yes. So, mm. so. That's so beautiful, Nanette. I just love how you frame it all and bring it all together. And and I appreciate that that you uh, would also address the men that are here with us today. Yes, and thank you for asking me to do that because I do I do work with men. I do have a lot of experience working mm-hmm. in groups that are both men and women. And in my private practice, I work mostly with women. Mm-hmm. But in group environments, I I really enjoy working with groups that are mixed and each other. 
and and to see those um it's that same that what you were talking about earlier or the the curiosity factor right mm-hmm. to to notice as in the the argument with your husband or you know, to, you know <laughs> noticing with curiosity gee isn't it interesting that this is the way someone else sees this yeah, different than me. Yes. Not right, not wrong, just different. Just different and, yeah. and celebrating that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Nanette, can, I want uh, you, if you would, to let people know how they can find you. Where can they find yeah. Yes. So the best way to find me is through my website. It's wisewellwomenwithane.com. And uh, what I would encourage everybody to do is simply register to receive my e-newsletter. It doesn't come out with any regularity. I'm one of those kind of wandering creative souls that has (laughs) trouble with doing it on every Tuesday. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) They tell us to do it like that, but... Uh, Yeah, yeah. It just somehow, you know, doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And... I've learned to be okay with that. And I also w- want to encourage everybody to register there because when there is something important that I'd like to say or something inspirational or whatever it is, that is how I'm, I'm old school that way, still using email. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I do facilitate a group called the Conscious Creators Cafe. And is that um, something anyone can join? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's um, it is a public group, and you just request to join, and I'll register you in. Mm. And um, yeah, so those are really the two. I yeah. I'm always I do also on my website. I love having virtual coffees. These things I call virtual coffees because we're all over the globe. I have right. a daughter who lives in New Zealand, so. Um, we can come together via video chat or via phone and simply get to know each other. It's not a sales call. It's none of that. It's simply a, I I believe that our creative energy is first and foremost fueled by connection. Mm. And those connections are facilitated through a virtual coffee and who knows where it takes us from there. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. It's just been a pleasure to have you, Nanette. A joy to be here. I hope we'll get to do it again sometime. And I'm so glad that we have connected in the world. Really? Because what you just said, you know, creative creative abilities, creative expression happens through connection. Yeah. I'm delighted you were with us here today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, leave us a review because that helps more people access the wisdom. And for more about optimizing your connection with your creative intelligence, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacajourney.com. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.